a big part of the western world is oblivion to the existence of this country neither do most westerners know about this country nor do they bother to rest of the world even if they know it it's for all the wrong reasons united nation calls this country the world's worst humanitarian crisis more than 3/4 of the population here which is close to over 22 million people are in dire need of humanitarian assistance people here face hunger diseases and the terror of a war every day but it was not like that always like other countries this country also had a glorious and bright past a country deep rooted in culture that dates back to thousands of years a country that should have been celebrated for their art forms yet lie deep in the dark dungeon of unsettling humanitarian conditions in this episode my attempt will be to detour a little bit from this misery and try to discover the long lost essence of a country that was for centuries the center of civilization and wealth today our destination is yemen to all my amazing listeners out there hope the year 2023 so far is treating you well and everybody is doing good this is shilpa and a very warm welcome to another episode of oh folk started today on a quite gloomy note and I apologize for that my utmost intention is always to spread joy and happiness of storytelling through my podcast and it will always be my key goal but in the search for stories from across the globe when i read about countries that suffer so much lack the most basic humanitarian amenities it breaks my heart even more when countries like yemen that had a glorious very very affluent past but over the years has been torn apart by civil war repeated attacks leading to extreme poverty severe economic political and humanitarian crisis this was never their reality this was never their state of affairs but it is now and that's how they're known to the world today tags like world's most dangerous place poorest country of the world and what not is used to identify them 
But in this episode, you will know Yemen a little differently in its true colors, bright and beautiful, just the way it was in the past. Yemen, officially the Republic of Yemen, is a desert country located in Western Asia. It is the second largest Arab sovereign state in the Arabian Peninsula and situated in the southernmost end of the peninsula. The country's capital is also the largest city called Sana'a. Majority people in Yemen speaks Yemeni Arabic. Very interestingly, the Arabic dialect spoken here is considered to be a very conservative dialect cluster, carrying many classical features generally not found across most of the other Arabic-speaking nations. The multilateral civil war of Yemen started in September 2014 between the internationally recognized Sunni government of Yemen backed by a Saudi-led military coalition and Houthis who are basically a Shiite rebel group supported by Iran. The conflict is in its ninth year now and has displaced more than 4 million people so far. It has given rise to cholera outbreaks, medicine shortages and threats of famine. Lives lost on catastrophic scale, violating basic human rights and humanitarian law. Both these parties observed a month-long ceasefire in 2022, raising hopes among people for a political solution to the conflict. But that October, they failed to come up with any long-term understanding. Today, Yemen is known to the people for all the wrong reasons and also as one of the poorest countries of the world. It was not always like this. Yemen is one of the oldest inhabited regions of the world. History of Yemen actually goes back to over 3,000 years and was once one of the wealthiest nations. This area controlled the supply of aromatics such as myrrh and frankincense that were greatly prized in those days and were used as part of various important religious rituals in many cultures like Egyptian, Greek and Roman. Frankincense and myrrh are made from resins of trees grown only in these areas. They were used to make perfumes and incense. They were rare, very hard to obtain, yet much sought after in the ancient world. In fact, there was a point when they were more expensive than gold. 
not only that, Yemen also dominated the trade of many important and expensive spices. Later, Yemen was the place where coffee, known as kahwa in Arabic, was first cultivated commercially. And much before the introduction of coffee plants to the other part of the world, it was long the sole source of that precious bean. Because of Yemen's abundance, as well as commercial prosperity, the ancient Romans considered Yemen as Arabia Felix, or Fortunate Arabia. This term was given to distinguish it from the vast forbidding reaches of Arabia Deserta, or the Desert Arabia. It doesn't come as a surprise that in a society which used to be the melting pot of so many cultures, folktales played a strong role. No wonder that for centuries, the Arabian Peninsula and the Middle East region has been the source of so many fables, tales and legends. In fact, studies say that the oral storytelling culture of Yemeni folktales probably goes back to a period before monotheism, which is why stories from Jewish Yemenis and Muslim Yemenis have common thread. Folk tales from this part of the world are extremely fascinating. They are a mixture of so many cultures. Many of these tales reflect the beautiful concoction of cultures between Yemen and Israel and also, of course, depict remarkable connection with other parts of the world. One of the most sought-after traditions of Yemeni oral storytelling was the Hakawati. Hakawati is an intricate and complex oral narrative storytelling style that smoothly travels in and out of different stories. It can leave one story in the midway to pick up another and then there can be a third story emerging from the subplot of the first, and so on and so forth. And the entire storytelling is done with the use of certain tools like allegory, folklore, satire, music, physical gestures, and facial expressions to create a memorable experience for viewers and listeners. The word Hakawati comes from the terms Hikai and Haki. Hikai in Arabic means the story and Haki means to talk. It was in fact the storyteller who was called the Hakawati. Much, much before movies, broadways and concerts, there was Hakawati. This used to be the most engaging leisure activity for people. Entertainment those days 
was derived from simple means like these. A storyteller telling a story in a beautiful narrative style that was fun and also taught a few moral lessons. As I mentioned earlier, Yemen once used to be a trading hub known for so many exclusive aromatic items, spices and, of course, coffee. So today's story will take us back to those times, the golden times of Yemen. This story is about how coffee came into life way before the Western world became obsessed about it. This story is about origin of coffee in Yemen. When I read the story, it was honestly love at first read. I was like, this is it. I have to share the story with you guys. I read the story from this amazing book titled From the Land of Sheba, Yemeni Folktales, which is available on open access public archive platform called Internet Archive. If you want, you can read this story and many more on this platform for free. And now, sipping on my warm cup of freshly brewed coffee, I will read out this story from the book itself. The story is called Al Mocha, the story of coffee. There's a nice preface to the story which adds the needed background and it goes like this. Sufis were alchemists. They experimented with plants and herbs to find substances that would help them stay awake to perform devotional prayers. Few people associate coffee or coffee drinking with Islam. But Sheikh Ali ibn Omar Shah Al-Shadili developed the practice of drinking coffee for this purpose. Although the Al-Shadili Mosque still stands as a testament to this respected Sufi, the once thriving town is in ruins. Al-Moka is a forsaken place. The facades of the crumbling mansions wait for a strong wind to blow them down. And now goes the story. Strong winds tossed the wooden sailing ship as if it were a toy upon the Red Sea. Hold on, we will be in Jeddah soon. The cabin boy reassured his captain. I won't live that long, the captain groaned. Sir, we have changed direction, the first officer saluted as he entered the captain's quarters. We are heading for a port off Yemen's coast. We have sighted a small village. What's its name? The captain asked. Uh, it's not on our map, sir, he answered. Maybe they'll have 
Some medicine, the captain said, hopefully. Medicine? In a village with only a few thatched huts? The officer questioned. Well, wherever there are humans, illness and medicine exist. The captain replied. When the ship dropped anchor, the crew saw friendly smiles on the faces that lined the beach. What an isolated place, the sailors thought as they rode the dinghy to shore. The ill captain remained on board his ship. On shore, the sailors were welcomed by groups of men wearing dark robes and turbans. Please come this way, said a soft-spoken man. Sheikh Al-Shadili is waiting for you. They followed the barefooted man across the sand and stopped in front of a large thatched hut. Ahlan wa sahlan, welcome, the Sheikh greeted them. Inside the round hut, the sailors sat on carpets woven from goat hair while a white turbaned man ladled some dark-colored liquid into a ceramic bowl. Passing the bowl around, each man took a sip. My seasickness is gone, said a sailor. Mine too, another replied. I am wide awake now. Never better, the others agreed. Our captain is ill, the first officer told the sheikh. Maybe this drink could help? The sheikh asked his servant to measure out a bowl of dark liquid and handed it to the first officer to take it to his captain. On board the ship, the captain drank the liquid and the following day, he was well enough to go ashore and personally thank the sheikh. What do you call this drink? He asked as they sat together in the shade. Kahwa, the sheikh replied, using the Arabic word. Where does Kahwa comes from? The captain asked. Originally from Abyssinia, the sheikh answered, pointing with his hand across the Red Sea. But it also grows in Yemen, the sheikh replied further. Well, Abyssinia is basically today's Ethiopia. On the sea coast? The captain asked. No, up in the mountains, the sheikh answered. We noticed that when the goats ate the berries, they became frisky. We experimented and found that by roasting the berries and making a drink, we could stay awake all night to pray. Sheikh Al-Shadili suggested to the captain that instead of sailing to Jeddah, he could make a much better profit by selling his cargo in Yemen. It was a wise decision. The Yemenis eagerly purchased his goods and with that money, the captain bought sacks of coffee beans. Then he sailed to India. In India, he made another large profit by selling the coffee. Soon, ships came from ports around the world and bought the prized coffee or mocha as it came to be called. Coffee drinking developed 
because the Sufis wanted to stay awake for their nightly prayers. It eventually came into general use and changed the drinking habits of the people everywhere across the globe. Within a short time, coffee had made its way from Al Mocha on Yemen's Red Sea coast and traveled around the world. So now you might know why coffee is also called mocha because it was shipped out of the port city of Yemen called Al Mocha as you just heard in the story. Like the way with an enchanting aroma coffee traveled from Yemen to the world so should the tales like these because they are more global than anything else. Every country is beautiful. Every country with their own uniqueness has so much to offer to the world. There are so many countries who suffer or are suffering from various hostilities and significant social, political and topping it all, of course, humanitarian issues. But they were not like this always. Countries like Yemen had beautiful, affluent, glorious past ruined over time by political power games. But it is important to look beyond that. It is important to know about these stories, their history. It is important to celebrate these countries and embrace their cultures. Every culture is beautiful and these folk tales are true torchbearers to that. So, we should all open our hearts instead of any lame judgment. Maybe just taking a few moments to learn about them is all we need. And this podcast, O Folk, tries to do that through folk tales. Join me in this journey. Share this podcast and spread love. You can listen to O Folk on any of your preferred pod platforms. I bet these stories are great companions during your commutes, your morning or evening strolls, or any time you just want to sit back, unwind and relax. If you haven't connected with me yet, well, I am on Facebook or Meta. Sorry, <laughs> still haven't got used to saying Meta yet, but yeah. On Instagram and Twitter as well. So do connect. Tell me your feedback, how you feel about this podcast. If you have any comments, stories, or just say hi. I would be so glad to hear from you. That will be all for today, for this episode. Ofok will be back soon with another story from another country of Asia. Until then, stay healthy and keep spreading love. Talk to you guys very soon. Goodbye.